What's up, Wikimaniacs? Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Trust me, I know. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore, my guy, and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, you can get 25% off with the code reddit at trueclassic.com. Again, that's promo code reddit at trueclassic.com. What is up, Wikimaniacs? Support for this podcast starts with, well, you. You can do so by following us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Reddit on Wiki. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Reddit on Wiki and our TikTok at Reddit on WikiPod. You can find us wherever you find your podcast and make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and Podchaser and leave your boys a five-star rating. Tell us how much you love the show and make sure to tell your friends about us. If you want to support us financially, consider joining our Patreon. You can find us on patreon.com slash reddit on wiki. For one-time donations, consider contributing to our Buy Me A Coffee page or rock our merch. You can find all our links on redditonwiki.com. The following podcast contains adult language and content not suitable for children. Some topics may contain graphic details, so a general trigger warning is in place. We appreciate you being here, so please enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 15 of Reddit on Wiki. And yes, we have escaped the proverbial pod fade as we made it past the dreaded episode milestone. It is I, your boy, John. And with me this week, fresh from a vacation, still got a fresh haircut going on as well. The high key heated that he took a massive L from our Winchester mystery house poll, shots and thoughts, head honcho, and Houston legend, Sean Salvino. What is going on, my guy? What a do, Wikimaniacs. I'm chilling. I'm not super heated that I lost. It's just there were no rules, and then y'all are making me do things that were not part of the set rules, <laughs> and that's what I'm heated about. But we'll get into that later. That's not important. That's not important right now. And rounding up the crew this week, we are actually down one guy as our cult leader, Josh, is busy taking care of closing in on his newly acquired compound. Yeah. So if you're not, big boy oh, things, shit. baby boy. <laughs> big boy BJ things. at it again. Today, or tonight, wherever you listen... We are joined by one of our favorite people, not just as a host, but an amazing friend to our show as well. She is one of the hosts of the amazing Ye Old Crime and one third of the Pineapple Pizza Pod, Wikimaniacs. Please welcome Lindsay Valenti. Hello, hello. Thank you for that warm welcome. Oh, was it warm? Was it? It was warm. Pizza warm. Ooh, okay. I like it. Fresh out of the oven. Fresh. Whoa. Mm-hmm. There's going to be puns in this episode, Sean. Just yeah, yeah, there's puns every episode. I can't get away from it. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Linz is great at it, too, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm forever doomed. Yeah, you are. You are. All right. So today we are capping off our month-long spooky season series. And what better way to end the series by having an awesome guest who happens to know a thing or two about our topic. Mm-hmm. But if you see the cover art, spoiler alert, you already know what the, what the fuck we're going to be talking about. But before we get started this week's episode, let's get to know our guest a little bit, shall we? Ooh. All right. So we're going to ask you a series of questions. Sean is going to kind of just 
jump in there back and forth, whichever, whichever he comes up with. Sure. But I'm going to start, I'm going to start you off with this lens. Okay. Let's start with your show. Yield crime. Mm-hmm. You know, your show's tagline is you and your sister, Maddie discuss the funny, strange and obscure crimes that took place before the 1900s. Yes. So what kind of, what, what inspired you to pick that era of history? I think part of why I chose that part of history is because once you kind of reach the 1900s and start to go past that point, a lot of those cases are a little bit more well known, even if they are like pre like 1940s, 1950s. And as you start to go back further in history, you find these cases that are just completely bizarre, off the wall, cases that have inspired tons of pop culture things and movies and the stories that are kind of behind, you know, like the creation of Dracula and things like that. So you, there's just all these really quirky stories that take place pre-1900 that I started discovering. And I know no one else knew what the hell I was talking about when I bring them up. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was, <laughs> and I'm like, I need you to know this because it like, I thought it was really cool. And I need you to know that it's really cool. And that's kind of what inspired the podcast is I would be, I would read about these, these weird things that happened in history. And I was like, I need to tell somebody about this. (laughs) (laughs) And that unwitting person is my sister, Maddie. So. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a perfect storm. Like you get to talk uh, a topic that you're really interested in with your sister and it's a good time to, to bond. I mean, I know Sean and and his friends at uh, Shots and Thoughts. That's that's a good way for them to bond as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, exactly. learning about a few things. Okay. Yeah. So a follow up question with that one, and and actually Josh is really sorry he's unable to make this call, but he did leave a voicemail for me to play for you because he wants you to hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, and he also has he also has a question. Hey everyone, it's Josh, longtime hoster, first time caller. Sorry I couldn't make it this episode today. I'm busy setting up my new compound. And I'm very disappointed that I couldn't ask Lindsay a question because Ye Old Crime is one of my favorite podcasts. So I wanted to call in and ask, what are your goals with this podcast, Lindsay? And how do you see it evolving over the next few years? Thank you. And I will see you Wikimaniacs next week. Aw, I love you, Josh. The sultry tones of Josh Hell. I know. Mm-hmm. First time caller. All <laughs> right. Long time cult leader. That's a good question. So. Obviously, for people who have listened to the show and know about my crazy handy dandy spreadsheet, (laughs) I actually have this crazy Google spreadsheet that has probably another three years worth of topic ideas. Oh, my God. And so unless something happens, I don't plan to go anywhere anytime soon. So there's really no plans for us to like just end suddenly. And they're, both these guys are like looking at me with their mouths wide open, like in shock. three years. Yeah, three, three years, years worth is yeah. insane. Okay, well, first off, Reddit on Wiki comes up with topics. Just because John is making graphics, now we're coming up with topics like at least a month in advance, yeah. most of the time, sort of ish. Yeah, shots and thoughts is like the day we record our. Let's fucking <laughs> let's figure it out. What are we doing today, guys? So three years is crazy. That's that's amazing. And I'm not saying that I have like every single week planned out that far yet. I have the rest of this year planned out as far as what the topics are, but that's a fluid switch. Uh, it's a fluid spreadsheet. So I have another tab that has like tons of different topics 
it's it's probably the most organized I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like by category and by topic and by yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I I'll send you guys a, a screenshot of it. It's like the most insane thing I've ever made in my life. <laughs> yes, please. Maybe I'll copy it and then that way <laughs> I can get my two podcasts back on like on a three year schedule. And if you haven't listened to the Can You Crack the Crampboard episode, this is a plug for for one of those episodes as well. My mouth right now is agape. Is, is, yeah. Was that one of the words that, that it, we used? It's you're gape seated right now. Gape seated. Yeah, gape seated. I'm, I'm super gape seated right now. So that's that's a plug. Listen to that collab <laughs> yeah. episode. Surprisingly, so, okay. not sexual. I know. Well, the you definition would think is not sexual. Our, okay. our hypothesis were very raunchy and unnecessarily sexual. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Sean. His first response was, I know what gape means. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, though. That, that was you. Me. You're like, I know what gape what means. Did he <laughs> <laughs> and I was no. like, yes, you do. <laughs> the man with the forever ruined browser history. My browser history. My ads. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I do yeah. have a question, too. Sure. So you have two different podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like with me, Shots and Thoughts is like I I host and I I do most all the social media stuff with that. Mm -hmm. And then John does most of well, John and I, I do feel bad sometimes. John and Josh do a lot of the legwork for Reddit on Wiki. I'm not gonna sure. front. And then I'm kind of mostly just there for uh, moral support. Do the fire <laughs> emoji. You know what I'm saying? I'm there to record. <laughs> but how do you? How do you do both and, you know, give both your full attention? Because it's it's so difficult sometimes. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think the great thing about Pineapple Pizza is that I have two amazing co-hosts. So it's Emily of the formerly run Drink Drunk Dead podcast. Like there's no they don't have any plans for relaunching it at this point in time. And then Ashley from the Studying Scarlet podcast and we've kind of divided up the duties. So Ashley is our social media maven. She handles all the social for Pineapple Pizza. And Emily and I kind of divide up the editing of the episodes. And the nice thing about the format for Pineapple Pizza is each of us has one week where we have an episode each month. So we don't have to like come up with as much content every single month. Mm -hmm. which is really nice. We have had wildcard episodes where it's like if there's a five month or a five week month, then one of us has an extra episode that we do. And so my wildcard episode was about today's topic. So that's why I know about it. And so that kind of takes a lot of the pressure off because you really only have to create one story a month as opposed to doing, you know, four or five, depending on how many weeks are in the month. So, mm, okay. Sean, yeah, gets a, Sean gets an A in a group project. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> I can't do it without him. Like his episodes, I think, are the funniest out of all of ours. Because me and Josh, are, we, we said it before, we're just like very structured on the way we want to run things. And then Sean comes in and just like fucks everything up in like the best, the best <laughs> way possible. I just Which is great. You. Sean just comes in like... Uh, Emperor Cusco from, <laughs> he just like 
kicks the door open and you're just like, boom, baby, here I am. Here's my episode. <laughs> Truly an honor to be compared to Emperor Cusco, childhood hero. <laughs> he is pretty great. And I'm talking about before he learns the moral. <laughs> no touchy. Yeah. No touch. And that's a perfect segue to my follow-up question. And I feel like I sent you the script beforehand, which I swear to God I didn't. So you, you mentioned that you are also one third of the host of the Pineapple Pizza podcast. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I can probably say that I've known you three ladies for the past uh, year and some change. And yeah. you guys have always been like my, my I mean, three, I'm three podcasts in every single time you guys were there <laughs> yeah. to support me. So so shout out to you guys for that. And and I do want to say that I want to give you, you, Ash and Emily, like the, the kind of a credit on the creation of Reddit on Wiki, because I kind of saw how seamless that you guys ran. I think you guys had a lot of things in common. Psych references, a lot of one of them. So yep. it, it's, I guess I give you guys a lot of credit because I was like, I saw how that worked and I saw how that could possibly work for, for Sean and Josh. So with that said, mm -hmm. how do you three manage each other's styles and personality to make your show run as smoothly as possible? That's a good question. I think... Part of it comes from the fact that, you know, off, off mic, I guess you could say, we're all really good friends. Like we text each other every single day. We talk pretty much all the time and we have senses of humor that really kind of balance each other out. Like if you know, Ashley, she's got this really dark sense of humor and she's very quick witted when it comes to like pop culture references, nerdy, obscure references. Like she, she's on it. Like nine times out of 10, the merch ideas that we have are something that she has said on the show because she's so <laughs> quick witted and funny. And like, they're both crazy smart. And Emily <laughs> is just so funny and quirky. And I kind of feel like I'm the dumb one of the three of us. <laughs> like I'm kind of like the dopey that rounds us out. Um, That's how I feel all the time on this show. <laughs> I am the Sean of the pineapple pizza crew. <laughs> I guess I'm the Ash, I'm, I'm Ash of this group. <laughs> and it's just great. Cause we, we really kind of have this great chemistry where we can like riff off of each other and, What's great about this show is we each picked a topic concept that we're really passionate about. So like Ashley really likes digging into things like, and that's why she picked the mythologies. She really likes learning about different cultures. Emily loves cryptids. They're like her favorite thing. So that's why she chose that. I don't really get to do a lot of like updated stuff on my show, obviously, because it's all pre-1900. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always thought urban legends are awesome and like super creepy and like paranormal stuff, ghost stories. I'm all about it. So being able to do that uh, as a different outlet has been great for me. So I think that's part of it too, is we're each picking things that we're really passionate about that we really enjoy doing. And that enhances that chemistry because we're, we're automatically bringing something to the table that we're really excited about. Okay, so yeah, like John said earlier, he he wrote his shit down. Uh, he's uh, very prepared. I, I told am, you, uh, structured. <laughs> if not, no, it's cool. I, I got some more. I got some more. <laughs> I had one in my head. I'm not gonna lie, and then I completely forgot. You oh, got it. Back. You got it, John. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, so uh, next question for that. 
knowing what you know now and having access to practices, technology, processes, Mm -hmm. what's a crime you covered or something weird that you covered before the 1900s that would you go back to and help crack? Oh, man. This is so the case that has fascinated me the most is after the 1900s. And that's why I've never been able to cover it on my show. But I did cover it with my sister on victimology. And it's the Hinterkaifeck murders. Are you familiar with that? No, do tell. No. Okay. So the Hinterkaifeck murders took place in this tiny town in Germany. And it was a dad, his wife, his adult daughter, his adult daughter's two small children, and then a maid. And so what happened was the family lived on this farm. And the previous maid left because she felt like she was hearing noises in the house, like coming from upstairs, mm. you know, kind of like the that urban legend, like the call is coming from inside the house, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And like things would go missing or be misplaced around the house, things like that. And she was convinced the place was haunted. So she noped out of there. And then this new w- woman started working there. And then probably like three days later, all of a sudden the family wasn't coming into town and the youngest daughter was going to school and she missed like two days of school, which she never missed. So the townspeople are like, something's going on. So then they go to the the farmhouse. Everyone's dead. Everyone's just flat out murdered. Half the family is in the barn. Like, like they had been drawn out there individually and like bludgeoned to death execution oh style that one of the kids was murdered inside the house and the maid was murdered inside the house. And there's like the creepiest thing about every, about all of it is that all the animals were still being taken care of. Oh no. So oh, it's no. like, so the theory is that someone had been living in the attic of the oh, house. Some parasite shit. Spoilers oh, hell. And then uh-uh. murdered the family for whatever reason. But he kept keeping up the farm. Until. Um, did they search the attic? They did, but nothing was. They didn't find anything up there. And the thing is that it was in winter. It was wintertime. So at one point when they went out there to investigate, there was a pair of footprints or there was like a trail of footprints that went from the woods to the house. No, no, no. (laughs) But there was no return trail of footprints that went back into the woods. So there's like all these weird, creepy things. And like there was a newspaper they found at the house that no one had remembered like ordering or having it delivered to them all these creepy things and there's all these theories and that's the one case where i really want to know what happened like if it was if it was like because there's okay (laughs) there's like another theory that like the two young children were a result of incest with like the dad like there's like all these layers to this case and it's 
It's fascinating. And that makes me, and that makes me sound really like, gross because I'm like just like, oh my flash. God, I'm just like, oh my Wait. God, I want to know. So there were footprints from the woods to the house while they investigated and they couldn't find anything inside the house. Yeah. Oh, fuck. No. Yeah. No. Nah, nope. Oh, yeah. fuck. No. God. You know, what's kind of creepy. Whenever you said attic, that, that kind of fucked me up because we bought this house and I have, I'm, I'm yet to step in my attic. <laughs> Bro, I got to go up and replace my damn filter, and it's in the attic. Oh, the filter's in the attic? I filter's outside, and I'm just like, bro, I do not want to go in there. I don't know what kind of dead animals were in there. Because when we bought the house, they were like, kind of like, what's it called? Not the roof, but you know how... Like the easement or whatever? This is is great podcasting here, but if my hand is... If this is the roof... It's okay, we're on YouTube. You fine, you fine. And this is the house, you know what I'm saying? This this little under area... Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that's called. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the area where the roof goes over the house, where there's like uh-huh, an open space. There were space. holes in that. So like Gosh. when we moved in, oh. we my, my my wife thought the house was haunted because we woke up one night and there was like thumps in the ceiling. Oh hell! Oh. And then and then I was like, oh wait, there's holes. It's probably just a, a fucking possum or some shit. And yeah, then when we got the roof fixed, or something, yeah, yeah. And when we got the roof fixed, the next morning I was driving to work. I saw a little possum walking down the street. I was like. Oh. <laughs> I kicked him out of his house. I was like, God damn it. I got evicted. Yeah. I didn't get any warning. Son of a bitch. I'm I'm too scared to go in there. (laughs) Oh, man. Damn. Don't remind me. All right. Next question. Move on. (laughs) But that is interesting. I really want to go take a look at that now. I've never heard of it. So that's that's insane. I'm going to be Googling that immediately. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have this this elaborate dinner plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can invite three guests. One from mythology, one cryptid, and one urban legend. I, I kind of have a feeling I know who the urban legend is. Who are the three you're inviting over and why? Hmm. From mythology, I would have to invite my boy Loki because he is the OG trickster god. Mm. And I think it'd be a, a wild time to hear some of his stories of his hijinks in back home. And an Asgard. And for a cryptid, it'd have to be Mothman because now now he's Asgard. He is an Asgard. You can like bounce quarters (laughs) off that booty. Got a goddamn wagon. (laughs) I hope you got a large trunk because I'm going to put my bike in it. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And I think. For my urban legend. Let's see if John was right. Oh, no. Actually, my guess was for cryptid. I, I misspoke. Oh, okay. I, mean, okay. I might do... I might actually do Slenderman. Ooh. Oh, shit. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking Slenderman, but that's also probably because that's the only urban legend I could think of. Right <laughs> it was either going to be that or Kuche Sakeona, who is the slip mouth woman. But I feel like if it's a dinner party, she's going to make a huge mess. So That's true. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. And just like she's not going to be able to keep any fluids in her mouth. It's Mm-mm. it's going to be gross. So <laughs> Lose your appetite real quick. Yeah. I'd real be quick. like, girl, you need to. No, sorry. <laughs> you just need to sit there and look pretty. You can't but does Slenderman have a face at all? That's perfect. Because just... then you wouldn't have to feed him. He's just like a white, oh. a white <laughs> face. A tall figure. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. He's just like the, the silent 
person just sitting in the corner. He's just like Groot. He doesn't really say much. He just sits there. <laughs> Provides comic relief. I see so, it. I see it. So last time I interviewed you on uh, Dead Talk, a dumbfound dead, <laughs> yeah. you said that the legacy you wanted to leave behind was to be someone that didn't take themselves too seriously. Yes. Does that, does that still stand? Yes. So now that you're nearing 150 plus episodes produced as a podcaster, yep. whoa, what piece of advice could you give to someone wanting to get in this, this medium? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Like a lot of the stuff that I learned for podcasting is stuff that I learned from fellow podcasters, from reading articles about, you know, what's the best equipment to get and what's the best platform to be hosted on. And it's okay to try and fail at things. You know, no one starts off a hundred percent right. As far as indie podcasting is concerned, like you're not going to have the perfect mic setup. You're not going to have the perfect, you might not have the best music or sound or something, you know, something's not going to be a hundred percent right, but eventually you'll get where you need to go. And sometimes getting from point A to point B requires asking questions and you should never feel bad or ashamed to ask questions and ask for help. So dropping gems. That's, that's all I got for questions. Mic drop. <laughs> no, just just adding on to what Lindsay said. It reminds me of when John first asked me to join Reddit on Wiki, and they were just talking a bunch of like, you know, fucking podcaster stuff. I have no idea what's happening. I was like, y'all fucking make money off this? Y'all fucking <laughs> there's what is dynamic advertising? What is blah blah blah? I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, Patreon. I was like, oh man, so much I didn't know. Yeah, I I would I would agree with Lindsay like. Just reaching everybody that I've met. I haven't met like a ton of people on the indie podcasting. I've interacted with a lot on Twitter, but I haven't met a single rude person or everybody is super helpful to yeah. each other. It's I I haven't seen an online community like that. So yeah, that's very just true. Ask. Yeah. The twi- the online indie podcasting Twitter community is probably the only non-toxic space of Twitter. Honestly, like the people in that community are always so helpful, so nice. And if you do eventually, like there are outlier assholes now and then that'll kind of work their way in. But I think they finally quick themselves booted out. Like people aren't going to stand for that. Like it's, it's all about lifting each other up, not tearing each other down. So absolutely. Rising tides. Yep. So I like it. Cool. You know what? I really did have a question in mind. <laughs> I'm I'm not bullshitting you. I had a question, but then I got wrapped up in the combo, and I could I I was trying for the second half of that, trying to be like, what the fuck? Was I, I had one. I fucking this is why one. I write shit down. Well, if you think of it later on, feel free to ask. Yeah, we'll edit it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. I'll just DM you. It might just be for me personally. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So now that we got to know our guest for the week, just hang on real tight, Wikimaniacs. We'll be right back on Reddit on Wiki after a few words from our sponsors. 
What is up, Wikimaniacs? Support for this podcast starts with, well, you. You can do so by following us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Reddit on Wiki. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Reddit on Wiki and our TikTok at Reddit on Wikipod. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts and make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and Podchaser and leave your boys a five-star rating. Tell us how much you love the show and make sure to tell your friends about us. If you want to support us financially, consider joining our Patreon. You can find us on patreon.com slash reddit on wiki. For one-time donations, consider contributing to our buy me a coffee page or rock our merch. You can find all our links on redditonwiki.com. Welcome back to Reddit on Wiki, and it is now time to go over our episode for the week. And today we will be talking about Brothers Grimm. Linz, I know you know about this, but for clickbait purposes, we want to have Sean guess who they are. Yep, I'll keep my mind my mouth shut. Wait, God damn, away, there's the, guy. the Brothers Grimm, that's a real ass, they're fucking real brothers? <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing? Yeah, I, thought, I, I thought it was just we like, need sound bites. Fucking it's like that a like brothers rock. from another mother type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was just like a pen name, you know, like, isn't Mark Twain not really Mark Twain? Or am I yeah. tripping? Is that somebody no, else? No, he's or... got that's not his real name. That's his pen name. No, yeah. keep keep going. Yeah, I want you to keep name. snowballing, my guy. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just <laughs> two besties, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> two besties. <laughs> they don't want to put it out there. They're writing creepy shit. Be like, oh, let's give a pen name. You know what I'm saying? No one will think we're fucked up writing about uh cannibalism and incest and weird shit. <laughs> well, the fucking brother's grim, because it's grim. <laughs> Makes sense. To me. We, I don't know. I we don't got know our trailer this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all. <laughs> All right. So, uh, according to Wikipedia, the brothers Grimm, Jacob Ludwig Carl Grimm, and Wilhelm Carl Grimm were German academics, philologists. I didn't even know that was a word. Cultural researchers, lexicographers, and authors who together collected and published folklore during the 19th century. They were among the first and best-known collectors of German and European folktales and popularized traditional oral, ta- oral tale Sick. types such as Cinderella, <laughs> <laughs> the Frog Prince, the Goose Girl, Hansel and Gretel, Rapunzel, L- Little Red Riding Hood, the Wolf and the Seven Young Goats, Rumpelstiltskin, spoiler alert, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Children's and Household Tales, was published in two volumes, the first in 1812 and the second in 1815. So a little more about their biography and how they came about. According to Britannica.com, the brothers Jacob and Wilhelm, I got to say Wilhelm, right? Because it's yep. German. Yep. Is that how it works? Okay. Yep. So I got oh, is it with right a W? It's yeah, a w, it's with yeah. a W. So like, mm. you know, like Dirk Nowitzki. So I got to say it like that. Okay. So Jacob and Wilhelm were born in a town in now modern day Germany. The brothers were raised by their mother and lawyer-slash-minister father until their father's death in 1796, and then soon followed by their mother's passing 12 years later. The loss of their parents forced Jacob to assume the mantle of the head of the household, and they had to endure financial hardships, but the brothers persevered. So, Sean, they're not just homies. They're actual brothers. Mm, Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. Last name Grimm? Yeah, yeah, Grimm. It's not just a pen name. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Really took a chance. Really took a chance. Just putting their real <laughs> shit out there. Wow. You ain't fucking around, bro. <laughs> so the brothers turned to scholastics to further their lives, and they both followed their father's footsteps and studied law at the University of Marburg. 
It was during this time that the brothers were heavily influenced by a German author, Clemens Brentano, historian Friedrich 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 Karl von Savigny and philosopher together, Johann Gottfried von Herder. Hey, fuck off. <laughs> the, <laughs> German's hard, influ- man. It is hard, man. The influences unlocked their love for literature, poetry, and became the foundation for their future work that they released. So the brothers held some various jobs and titles during their time before they came to fame. Jacob became a private librarian for a king at some point, while Wilhelm struggled to find regular employment until 1814, but he ended up becoming a secretary of the Elector's Library in Castle in 1814, which Jacob also later joins in 1816. So these... These brothers are tight, man. They even work the same jobs. Mm-hmm. I don't know how student loans worked back then, but non-existent. Uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> maybe the dream, <laughs> right? But but the brothers ended up not pursuing law school. Kind of, you know, extremely reminiscent to a lot of college graduates nowadays that they don't really use what they went to school for the actual jobs. I know I didn't for 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 a while. Is that the case for you guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went to school for graphic design and I do digital marketing now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a degree uh, in environmental science, yet I do HR. <laughs> sick. I'm boring. I went to school for supply chain and I work in supply chains. <laughs> Damn. Love to see um, it. Uh, <laughs> hey, but hey, at least your, your, your student loans are, if you had to take one out, you know, they're going to the right place. I guess. It was actually during this time where the brothers honed in on their liter- literary work. The jobs as librarians, however, was not very lucrative. Uh, so they had to live frugally to make ends meet. Life kept moving for the brothers as Wilhelm, now married, while Jacob remained a bachelor. And actually, Jacob was actually living with Wilhelm Mm-hmm. with his wife at that time. However, political turmoil, however, cost the brothers their jobs. And, and again, they fell in a financial crisis that became kind of the driving force to begin the process of one of their lifelong projects. And even though they're pretty well known for their stories, they're actually, they had to do something that was kind of a big deal back then, which was the creation of the German dictionary. So the the dictionary was insane and how much... Um, detail it has it involved hundreds of years of the german language from the way it was used the the variants on how the words was used wilhelm unfortunately passed away in 1859 and lived to see the letter d in their uh dictionary to be finished (laughs) while jacob was grief stricken and more isolated he felt more isolated to the world due to the loss of his beloved brother and he passed away four years later in 1863 and completed all the way up to the letter F. Pay your respects for all you Call of Duty players out there. The last word that was worked before Jacob's passing, can you guess what the last word was there that they finished? I feel like this is bait. You're baiting us to say a specific word. Letter F. In German or like? Oh, yeah, it has you to can be say it, You could say it in the English word. I'm going to go all cutesy and say like friend. Friend? Okay. What about Frankfurt. You? Frank, no, okay. <laughs> so the last word, the last word that was worked before Jacob's passing was actually fruit, and it was quite fitting because the fruits of their labor redefined literature to what we enjoy today. I see what Aww. you did there. You see that what I did there? Cute. That was nice. I like it. 
So let's talk about their work now. And, and now that we have some general knowledge about their life. And again, this is Reddit on Wiki. We don't do anything detailed. <laughs> A lot of the shit is from Wikipedia anyways. And so according to biography.com, by the time that both the brothers passed away, their collection of stories were upwards of 200 plus stories. And each one of them also had very well detailed illustrations. And I am guilty of this too, because I thought initially that, you know, the brothers actually wrote fairy tales mm-hmm. like Snow White and Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. I didn't they know. Just I collect- thought they, they collected it. They collected it. But, you know, they did spice it up a little bit. Yep. And they put kind of more mature, they kind of uh, cater it to mature audiences. Their work had some, actually not even some, it's a lot of NSFW materials, which included yeah. sex, violence, and oh, no, not this. They even had incest in their stories. So it it gets pretty fucked up. And Mm. here are a a few notable tales that, you know, dare I say, they're they're household names. A lot of people know about this. And and, and later on, again, uh, our guest, Linz, will be reading a section of a book that she brought along. So it's going to get really fucked up real quick. Oh, yes. So (laughs) some of the tales that included uh, Rapunzel, Cinderella, Snow White, The Twelve Huntsmen, Hansel and Gretel. And some of those literary works have been so popular that Disney adapted like a much more PG version of those movies. But before Linz take us away with one of the stories, I did mention that <laughs> we were kind of we were kind of fascinated by some of the stories. So Sean and I actually did a little bit of homework. Actually, I forced Sean to do some homework, <laughs> and we we picked one story to briefly talk about. So. I can kick things off, right? If you don't mind. Of course. And by homework, you just meant going on Wikipedia, choosing a story, oh, and then... Oh, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah, then yeah, homework, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I did. Come on, my guy. We know you're the copy pasta guy, so we... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Y'all so know the vibes. You know the vibes. So I'm going with the Cliff Notes version, and I got this from interestingliterature.com and theculturetrip.com. But the one that intrigued me the most was the dark story of Stiltskin. So... The PG version of it. So a Miller tells a kid, not Nick Miller for you New Girl fans. You know, I, <laughs> I closely identified to Nick Miller. I fucking Same. love New Girl. Off topic, but sorry. I oh am. man, full display. I love New Girl. <laughs> well, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> the scene where fucking Schmidt buys him the cookie and then Nick Miller buys him a, a cookie back. I, cu- <laughs> I, I cried tears. <laughs> I got your cookie, give you cookie, bro. So good. Okay, sorry. Back on topic. <laughs> so again, the PG version, a miller tells a king that one of his children can turn straw into gold. And the dad knew that this fucker was capping the whole time. So he thought that he could pull a fast one on the king until a little wee looking creature showed up, but with a twist. The little guy, and, and if Josh was here, he would say that the fucker is me because he always makes fun <laughs> about how short I am. But the deal is Rumpelstiltskin gets to have her first, gets to have her firstborn child, pretty much. That was a deal. Mm-hmm. She knew that her dad pretty much set her up for failure. So she was left with no choice but to bite the bullet and said, all right, bet. Let's, let's make that bet. To continue with the story, the king is now dripping in gold. He, this fool is like Bruno Mars 24 karat gold right now. Styling, <laughs> profiling, Ric Flair style. He was very happy and he was like, all right, you know, you you made me rich. I'm going to marry this girl. 
So long story short, she starts a family with the king and she's now pregnant with her firstborn. Mm-hmm. But Shouty forgot about the deal, man. She done fucked up, but Lil Rumpy didn't. I'm gonna call it Rumpy because <laughs> I don't I can't say Rumple Stiltskin a lot before fucking it up. So she pleaded to Lil Rumpy and say, Come on, fam, all is forgiven, right? Like it's been it's been quite a while. So he made another deal. Rumpy said, Guess my name in three days, and we're square. So she used all her resources, including hiring little agents, spies, whatever you want to call it, to track down this little creature. So on night two, one of the messengers overheard him recite his name because, you know, he was getting lit. He was doing a Dougie in a campfire. He was like, I, I'm going to get this bitch's kid. He's like, you know, okay. Then the third night, the queen was approached and she went full Lil Nas X on his ass because she called him by his name. Rumple, stilt, skin, and our boy was livid. Again, in the PG-rated narrative, what always happens? You get to the end credits, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But can you, can anyone guess what happened to to old Rumpy? Did he blow up? She uh, implode. <laughs> Become gold, solid gold. Oh, that's a good guess. Yeah, so he ripped himself into two. Ugh. A bit of an overreaction. <laughs> yeah, so, Sean, this is the part you're going to hate. So I guess you can say he can rest in pieces. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. That's it for this episode. <laughs> well, I see that Sean is torn apart <laughs> with that joke. <laughs> He's like, fuck uh. me. <laughs> All right, Sean, you're up, bro. <laughs> Don't split, bro. Good. Good. <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> like, cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> oh, I told you she's good, bro. <laughs> oh, fuck. <sighs> All right. Well, I did. The juniper tree. Uh, originally, I had no idea what the fuck this was. I just Googled... What the fuck did I Google? I think I Googled, like, <laughs> darkest Brothers Grimm stories. Mm-hmm. Or more sad ones. And then this one is what came up. And I clicked it because I had no idea what it was. So, essentially, a uh, a rich couple were praying by a ju- juniper tree. For a long story short, they eventually get the kid. But she is so happy that they finally got the kid that she died of joy and exhaustion from childbirth. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So after that, the uh, kid grows up a little bit and the dad remarries and the stepmom has her own kid. And so the stepmom and her daughter move in. They're kind of one family here. But the thing is, the stepmom is upset that when her husband dies, the son will inherit all the money and not her own daughter so she sets up a plan to kill the son to make sure that the daughter is the only child so what she does is essentially she tells the or the yeah she tells the daughter like oh do you want apples or whatever and the daughter was like yeah and then she's like well come back in a little bit and get apples (laughs) and then like the, the son went home and then she was like, hey, you want apples? And he was like, yeah. She was like, okay, go ahead and grab you one in the, I guess, like the bucket or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he opens the bucket and then goes to grab the apple. 
and she fucking slams the door so hard that she decapitates the <gasps> sun and kills the sun. And then what she does after that is she sets the sun up, puts the head back and kind of just leaning or whatever, and kind of like a, you know, like a weekend at Bernie's or, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, <gasps> kind of just, a, just a corpse and then puts the apple in the lap. So the daughter comes in and is like, oh, uh, did you get my apple? And she's like, oh, yeah, go ask your brother for it. Oh, my God. And she was like, oh, he's not answering me. And she was like, just like hit, hit him on the head a little bit. He'll he'll listen. He might be asleep. So she smacks the head and then she thinks she killed her own brother. Oh, my God. Bro. So she's freaking out. She's like, oh, sh oh, shit. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And the mom is like, don't worry. I got it covered. Go to your room or whatever. So she chops up the son. Oh, my God. Cooks him in a soup. The dad gets home and is like, oh, where's my, where's my son? Where's our son? She's like, oh, she's at uh, your mom's house. And he's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then she serves him the soup. Oh, my God. The son's soup. And the dad eats it and is like, this is delicious. So the daughter comes down from the mom is like, all right, take these bones and bur bury it under the tree. So she buries it under the tree, freaking out. And then soon after that, I guess the tree is, is blessed because that's where his parents prayed. Mist comes from the ground and a bird comes from the mist. And the bird is pretty much just going around town, singing songs about how its stepmother killed him. And is a, there's some lyrics here. I don't know the melody, of course. Because it's probably it also originally in German. Here we go. I'll just do it in a, uh, a hip-hop beat style. You guys like that, right? <laughs> okay. Here we go. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, her name is Marlinchen. Little Marlinchen <laughs> gathered together all my bones, tied them huh. in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the Jupiter tree. Quit, quit. Tree. What a beautiful bird am I. Truly bars Ooh. by the Grimm brothers. But es essentially, he's going around town singing this shit. And then he starts receiving gifts for, I guess, people freaking out that a bird is just straight up singing English shit. But. <laughs> oh, my God. You can sing here. Wow. Here. And then he got uh, he got a gold chain, which oh, makes the rap, <laughs> which makes the rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts, facts, facts. And then he got all uh, flavor flav, and it was good. Got a pair of red shoes, which is also kind of hip hop. Bottoms. That's kind of baller, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some fucking Yeezys. And then also he got a millstone, much less hip hop. So what he does is he gathers all these gifts, and then he goes back to his home. Bird gives the chain to the dad. I don't know. It doesn't explain if the dad just like takes it from the bird or if the bird leaves it somewhere for the dad to get. But essentially dad gets the chain, sister gets the red bottoms. And then the mom it walks outside and he fucking drops the millstone and kills the mom. <gasps> and then when, nice. as soon as the mom dies, he becomes the child again. And then it says what? that they all go inside and have dinner together and it ends. No, no mention of how the father and daughter react to the dead mom, but it just says that's how it ends. God. Damn, bruh. Truly that put, that, that puts weird. 
And man, they put the Brothen Brothers Grimm, bro. Shit. Brothen. God fucking damn it, man. How the. <laughs> How? How, Sway? Yeah. I'm kind of pumped up you didn't know about that one, Lindsay. Oh, my. Yeah. I haven't God. read that one. But to be fair, they have 211 stories, and I haven't read all 211. So Definitely fair. I thought they wrote these too, like John, and then I was like going through the stories on Wikipedia, and I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way they wrote all 200 yeah. of these. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yo, that's just fucking wild, bro. bro. I know damn well they ain't no goddamn, like, you know, <laughs> psychologist, psychiatrist back in the day. Oh. So, like, imagine as a fucking child, you just, like, poke your brother and be like, hey, wake up in his fucking head. Dude, instantly trauma. Like, trauma for right. life. Oh and then they fucking go back to dinner. And just she's like just nothing like, happened. Oh, your head came back. That's great. You're not dead. This is wild. Mom's dead. Who cares? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? She was a bitch. It's fine. <laughs> she chopped you up anyways. Fuck her. <laughs> God. And then they made her into a stew. Stepmother stew. Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Well, Linz, you you mentioned that you might have something more fucked up than this. And you are the main event of this episode. The floor is yours, milady. Take it away. All right. I do have the actual book here with me. So, yeah, I got this official in 1999 from my seventh grade uh, German teacher. So, whoa. I didn't even know how to speak English back in 1999. <laughs> I was born in America and I couldn't speak English. In <laughs> also in the Philippines, I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. I truly had no excuse. <laughs> I think. Let me see. All right. You mentioned it earlier and it's my favorite story. So I have to read it to you. And it's The Goose Girl. Did you actually like read that one? No, I haven't okay. read the Goose Girl. Awesome. Loki, whenever John said Goose Girl, I got excited. I was like, damn, that's the only one I haven't heard of. I'm like, I'm so now I'm super excited. Awesome. Let's okay. get it. There was once upon a time an old queen whose husband had been dead for many years, and she had a beautiful daughter. When the princess grew up, she was betrothed to a prince who lived at a great distance. When the time came for her to be married, and she had to journey forth into the distant kingdom. The aged queen packed up her many costly vessels of silver and gold and trinkets also of gold and silver and cups and jewels, in short, everything which appertained to a royal dowry, for she loved her child with all her heart. I wish that was my mom. (laughs) She likewise sent her maiden-waiting, who was to ride with her and hand her over to the bridegroom, and each had a horse for the journey, but the horse of the king's daughter was called Falada and could speak. So when the hour of parting had come, the aged mother went into her bedroom, took a small knife, and cut her finger with it until it bled. Then she held a white handkerchief to it, into which she let three drops of blood fall, gave it to her daughter, and said, Dear child, preserve this carefully. It will be of service to you on your way. Hmm. Oh, that's a voodoo shit, bruh. Some weird, creepy shit. Yeah. So they took a sorrowful leave of each other. The princess put the piece of cloth in her bosom because that's 
the safest place to store things is in your your titties. They didn't um, have pockets back then. No pockets. Nah. They didn't have pockets and dresses back then. What are you gonna do? They low key y'all barely have pockets now. It's fucked up. I know. I know. And and yet guys are allowed to wear cargo fucking pants. <laughs> That's so not fair. They're for allowed all, to, but all of your things. they shouldn't. You should. They should yes. not. No one said it was a good look. <laughs> Mounted her horse, not sexually, and then went away to her bridegroom. After she had ridden for a while, she felt a burning thirst and said to her waiting maid, dismount and take my cup, which you have brought for me and get me some water from the stream for I should like to drink. If you are thirsty, said the waiting maid, get off your horse yourself oh. and lie down and drink out of the water. I don't choose to be your servant. Mm. <laughs> I like what? Wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. I know. This hey, bitch yo, somebody is salty. Get this bitch. <laughs> Whose maid is this? Right. <laughs> so in her great thirst, the princess alighted, bent down over the water in the stream, and drank, and was not allowed to drink out of the golden cup. Then she said, Ah, heaven. And the three drops of blood answered, If your mother knew this, her heart would break. But the king's daughter was humble and said nothing and mounted her horse again. She rode some miles further, but the day was warm. The sun scorched her, and she was thirsty once more. And when they came to a stream of water, she again cried to her waiting maid, Dismount and give me some water in my golden cup. For she had long ago forgotten the girl's ill words. I wouldn't, but, you know, whatever. This princess is uh, very humble, very nice to... Mm -hmm. Your boy be holding grudges. I'd be like, bitch, get off your goddamn horse. <laughs> what the fuck am I paying you for? <laughs> get off your high horse. But God damn you... it. <laughs> God fucking damn. I knew it was in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in there. But the waiting maid said still more haughtily, if you wish to drink, drink as you can. I don't choose to be your maid. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then in her great thirst, the king's daughter alighted, bent over the flowing stream, wept, and said, Ah, heaven. And the drops of blood again replied, If your mother knew this, her heart would break. And as she was thus drinking and leaning over the stream, the handkerchief with the three drops of blood fell out of her bosom and floated away with the water without her observing it. So great was her trouble. Now we all know uh, something bad's gonna happen now. Mm-hmm. DNA just out there in the wild. <laughs> the waiting maid, however, had seen it, and she rejoiced to think that she had now power over the bride. For since the princess had lost the drops of blood, she had become weak and powerless. So now, when she wanted to mount her horse again, the one that was called Falada, the waiting maid said, Falada is more suitable for me, and my nag will do for you. And the princess had to be content with that. Then the waiting maid, with many hard words, bade the princess exchange her royal apparel for her own shabby clothes, and at Yo. length she was compelled to swear by the clear sky above her that she would not say one word of this to anyone at the royal court and if she had not taken this oath, she would have been killed on the spot. 
Right. So it's just it's just this handmade, and then the princess. Mm-hmm. They didn't vet this handmade. They didn't <laughs> no. No background check. <laughs> who the fuck? Hey, who who doing that background check for this chick? Who the fuck assigned this handmade, bro? Right. Oh, <laughs> what kind of temp agency back in the day? Like the old shit. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but Falada saw all this and observed it well. The talking horse. Wait, Falada's the horse? Yep, but he can talk. Remember. Oh, they had this fucking right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The waiting maid now mounted Falada, not sexually, and the true bride, <laughs> the bad horse. And thus they traveled onwards until at length they entered the royal palace. There was great rejoicings over her arrival, and the prince sprang forward to meet her, lifted the waiting maid from her horse, and thought she was his consort. She was conducted upstairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. But the real princess was left standing below. Then the old king looked out of the window and saw her standing in the courtyard and how dainty and delicate and beautiful she was and instantly went to the royal apartment and asked the bride about the girl she had with her who was standing down below in the courtyard and who she was. I picked her up on my way for a companion. Give the girl something to work at that she may not stand idle. Ah, yeah. Yo, oh, fuck her, man. Her. <laughs> right? Yo! But the old king had no work for her and knew of none. So he said, I have a little boy who tends the geese. She may help him. The boy was called Conrad, and the true bride had to help him tend the geese. Soon afterwards, the false bride said to the young king, Dearest husband, I beg you to do me a favor. He answered, I will do so most willingly. Then send for the knacker and have the head of the horse on which I rode here cut off, for it (gasps) vexed me on the way. Damn. Bro, this handmaid is fucking calculated, bro. She got this shit planned out. Right? In reality, she was afraid that the horse might tell how she had behaved to the king's daughter. Then she succeeded in making the king promise that it should be done, and the faithful Falada was to die. No. This came to the ears of the real princess, and she secretly promised to pay the knacker a piece of gold if he would perform a small service for her. There was a great, dark-looking gateway in the town, through which morning and evening she had to pass with the geese. Would he be so good as to nail up Falada's head on it so that she might see him again more than once. Damn. The knacker's man promised to do that and cut off the head and nailed it fast beneath the dark gateway. My God. Early in the morning, when she and Conrad drove out their flock beneath this gateway, she said in passing, Alas, Falada hanging there. Then the head answered. Yep, it's one of those stories. Ho. Alas, young queen, how ill you fare. If this your tender mother knew, her heart would surely break in two. Then they went still further out of the town and drove their geese into the country. And when they had come to the meadow, she sat down and unbound her hair, which was like pure gold. 
and Conrad saw it and delighted in its brightness and wanted to pluck out a few hairs. Because he's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Then she said, Blow, blow, thou gentle wind, I say. Blow Conrad's little hat away and make him chase it here and there until I have braided all my hair and bound it up again. And there came such a violent wind that it blew Conrad's hat far away across country, and he was forced to run after it. When he came back, she had finished combing her hair and was putting it up again, and he could not get any of it. Then Conrad was angry and would not speak to her. And thus they watched the geese until the evening, and then they went home. Next day, when they were driving the geese out through the dark gateway, the maiden said, Alas, Falada hanging there. Falada. Alas, God damn. <laughs> he just keeps talking. Wild. It's Alas- just a head at this point. I know. <laughs> Alas, young queen, how ill you fare. If this your tender mother knew, her heart would surely break in two. And she sat down again in the field and began to comb out her hair. And Conrad ran and tried to clutch it. So she said in haste, blow, blow, thou gentle wind, I say, blow Conrad's little hat away and make him chase it here and there until I have braided all my hair and bound it up again. Then the wind blew and blew his little hat off his head and far away and Conrad was forced to run after it. And when he came back, her hair had been put up a long time and he could get none of it. And so they looked after their geese till evening came. But in the evening after they had got home, Conrad went to the old king and said, I won't tend the geese with that girl any longer. (laughs) Why not? What's up with these brat workers? (laughs) Right? Why not? Inquired the aged king. Oh, because she vexes me the whole day long. Then the aged king commanded him to relate what it was that she did to him. And Conrad said, in the morning... When we pass beneath the dark gateway with the flock, there is a sorry horse's head on the wall, and she says to it, Alas, Falada, hanging there. And the head replies, Alas, young queen, queen, how ill you fare. If this your tender mother knew, her heart would surely break in two. And Conrad went on to relate what happened on the goose pasture, and how when there he had to chase his hat. The aged king commanded him to drive his flock out again next day, and as soon as morning came, he placed himself behind the dark gateway and heard how the maiden spoke to the head of Falada, and then he too went into the country and hid himself in the thicket in the meadow. There he soon saw with his own eyes the goose girl and the goose boy bringing their flock, and how after a while she sat down and unplaited her hair, which shone with radiance. And soon she said, Blow, blow, thou gentle wind, I say. Blow Conrad's little hat away, and make him chase it here and there, until I have braided all my hair and bound it up again. Then came a blast of wind and carried off Conrad's hat, so that he had to run far away, while the maiden quietly went on combing and plaiting her hair, all of which the king observed. Then quite unseen, he went away, and when the goose girl came home in the evening, He called her aside and asked why she did all these things. I may not tell you that, and I dare not lament my sorrows to any human being, for I have sworn not to do so by the heaven which is above me. If I had not done that, I should have lost my life. 
He urged her and left her no peace, but he could draw nothing from her. Then said he, if you will not tell me anything, tell your sorrows to the iron stove there. And he went away. Then she crept into the iron stove and began to weep and lament and emptied her whole heart and said, here I am deserted by the whole world. And yet I am a king's daughter and a false waiting maid has by force brought me to such a pass that I have been compelled to put off my royal apparel and she has taken my place with my bridegroom and I have to perform menial service as a goose girl. If my mother did, did but know that her heart would break. The aged king, however, was standing outside by the pipe of the stove and was listening to what she said and heard it. Then he came back again and bade her come out of the stove and royal garments were placed on her and it was marvelous how beautiful she was. The aged king summoned his son and revealed to him that he had got the false bride who was only a waiting maid, but that the true one was standing there as the sometime goose girl. The young king rejoiced with all his heart when he saw her beauty and youth and a great feast was made ready to which all the people and all good friends were invited. At the head of the table sat the bridegroom with the king's daughter at one side of him and the waiting maid on the other. But the waiting maid was blinded and did not recognize the princess in her dazzling array. <laughs> Shit's about to go down. Oh, yes. When they had eaten and drunk and were merry, the aged king asked the waiting maid as a riddle, what a person deserved who had behaved in such and such a way to her master, and at the same time related the whole story and asked what sentence such an one merited. Then the false bride said, She deserves no better fate than to be stripped entirely naked and put in a barrel which is studded inside with pointed nails, and two mm -hmm. white horses should be harnessed to it, which will drag her along through one street after another till she is dead. God damn, she fucking played herself, bro. She, she, she went in. She went way too in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is you, said the aged king, and you have pronounced your own sentence. <laughs> and thus shall it be done unto you. When the sentence had been carried out, the young king married his true bride, and both of them reigned over their kingdom in peace and happiness. That was happy. That was a nice one. <laughs> that ain't fucking happy. Homegirl got in a barrel full of nails. Hey, homegirl fucking deserved it, bro. She did. She fucking mm -hmm. deserved she did. it. Yeah, yes, she, she did. did. Yo, happy ending. Happy, very happy ending. Hey, yo, shout out to the Shout out to the the real princess. She ain't no snitch, bruh. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, she ain't true. No snitch. Not like not like Sean here. He would snitch on me in a heartbeat. <laughs> what what did we explain about that? I would snitch on you for what? For Salem witch trial. That's right. <laughs> oh hell yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm from Snitch Town, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is what it is. I for not my guy. <laughs> oh my gosh man i i really feel bad for for what's what's the horse's name again falada yeah oh falada. i was gonna say falafel but 
Oh that works. God. Yeah. Every every morning, I was just picturing uh, Falada on the on the board as kind of like you know those singing fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> mental image I have of Falada. Bro, if I was like fucking Conrad, at some point I'm gonna be like, "Hey, yo, can I get a string or something so I can tie this in my head?" I feel like you gotta be an idiot every day to be like, "Oh my god, my hair, my hat got pulled away." My again. goddamn hat! Oh, I am gate seated. I gate seated. I done gotta chase this hat again. Oh my god, that fool was goofy as fuck. That's a classic German accent, John. That was perfect. That was I was not trying German <laughs> at all. <laughs> Please don't cancel us, German listeners. If we even have any, I don't think we have any. And I I love how he's just like I can't work with this bitch anymore. Like right, she she won't let me have any of her hair. That's that not a valid choosy. request, Conrad. <laughs> That's not a valid request, my guy. Like you are working with Goose. <laughs> What what are you gotta complain about? Like you, you get, get a to... shouty next to you and like you complaining that also you know, the story to... repeatedly says that she's like beautiful. So well, he's yeah. just tripping. He's before it was just you and Goose, bro. Yeah. Right. And Why you got a good job. Tripping. You're just sitting in the field all day, like enjoying the beautiful weather. All you and have he's to do is just make the sure goose. the geese don't get eaten. That's your job. Yeah, but he's not even doing that really. He's just chasing his hat. Yeah, (laughs) like a dumbass. (laughs) Like really, homegirl's doing all the work. She should be complaining about you. Let's be real. Hey, yo, fuck that girl though. Like the 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 maid. Yeah. Mm. Oh man. So what happened to the the vial of blood? Did it just? Yeah, it just go away. Yeah. So apparently, it was like blood magic. Like that handkerchief was protecting her. And when she didn't have that handkerchief anymore, then the the maiden waiting was like, all right, now it's my time. Uh, uh, That's wild. That is wild. But, man. Usually I'm not on the side of the, you know, royals. You know, usually I'm like, yeah, rebel. But, I mean, (laughs) that maiden was kind of a bitch from the get-go. And that 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 king Loki wise though, like he he's just like well, I've seen some shit. Let, let me let me fuck around real quick. Yeah. Well, he saw her in the garden from the get go. He was like, "This girl is way too pretty to just be a handmaiden." Bro, she's yeah. too sus. It's like sus. she looked like she got her background check done. Yes, <laughs> Little Mermaid vibes. Mm, right, but Ursula. She came mm. from the good agency, not the <laughs> pro staffing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Craigslist. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, well, fuck corporate America, dude. <laughs> I think we're all in corporate America. Yeah, no. we, all wanna, we all want to quit. Every time I hear like on LinkedIn and it's like, oh, it's, it's this year is the great resignation. I'm like, I wish a bitch would because no. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We only got two patrons, and Lindsay is one of them. Hell yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Lindsay, by the way. <laughs> Who made five bucks, motherfucker? And then after Patreon, we make 50 cents, baby. That's Hell what's yeah. up. In Canadian. Yeah. In Canadian. So really, so really, we don't make any money. Half a so penny, really, baby. you're paying me money. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're paying Josh, man. God damn, fucking... What are we gonna do with BJ, man? <laughs> but call him up. Anyways, <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Uh, 
we just want to say thank you, Linz, for, yeah. for joining us and providing us with that Goose Girl story. Would you actually mind telling the Wikimaniacs where they can find you? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. This was really fun. So Anytime. Can... Awesome. You can find Yield Crime at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. For Pineapple Pizza, we're at Pine App, APP, Pizza Pod. And APP. 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 And uh, <laughs> that's on Twitter and Instagram. And we also have a website, pineapppizzapod.com. I think. APP. I think that's right. APP. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week. And make sure to subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave your boys and your girl a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and Podchaser. And make sure to tell all your friends about it. Most importantly, check out our good friend, Lindsay Valenti, and her shows, Ye Old Crime and Pineapple Pizza Podcast. We're signing off, baby. It's just Sean and I this week. So remember, if you saw something that kept you up at night, you must have read it. Read on it Wiki. on Wiki. Damn, you killed my... <laughs> That's right. I get to steal the last line now, John. That's it. Damn Wrap it. it up. All right. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>